I feel like it's constantly changing because the, I don't know. I, I've read, I, I always used to think there was a way to find a balance. And, and lately I'm questioning that <laughs> maybe, maybe there isn't. And, and really some things have to be like, I learned this from you parking ideas mm-hmm. and, and parking things for now and coming back to it later. And, and I've really recognized that there really are phases in our life. And there are times where you have to put a focus on, on certain things and other things have to be by the wayside. Yeah. And then it'll change again. You know, as they say, like the seasons change. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lisa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world. And the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hello, be it listener. I have a very special guest for you. Um, yeah, we have lots of special guests, but I have a very special guest for you. Her name is Roxy Menzies and, um, I, you'll hear my introduction to her, how long we've been in each other's paths. And it's just, do you have those people that you like see from afar and you're watching them and you're seeing what they're up to and then your paths cross and then you might not even know what things you have in common or how you'll affect each other. In fact, you probably won't. That's kind of how you were not psychics at any rate. Um, what's really cool about this woman is I have been able to see different chapters of her life over time and it is incredible. It is amazing to see the strength and empower this woman has and to watch how she has used that strength and power in different areas of her life in different chapters of her life. And for those of you who are like, things aren't happening fast enough for those of you who are like, I've got, I've got young kids right now. I can't do all the things I want to do. This is the episode for you. There are so many gems along the way. I want you, whether you're washing dishes, walking the dog, pay attention. Just listen to what she's saying, because I think you're going to easily see yourself in her story. And we talk a lot about writing. And if you don't want to be a writer, I still want you to listen because you can replace writing for anything that you are wanting to do. And um, I have a question about patience in there. And the revelation around that is actually extremely important. I want you to hear it. And I love, of course, I love the be at action items at the end, but I really love hers. There's something you can do. They don't cost you any money. So y'all here she is, Roxy Menzies. All right, where my teachers at, my studio owners, my apprentices at, my home studio owners, independent teachers, I'm talking to you. I want you to listen up right now. Here's the deal. There's so much admin that is required to run a business and it could mean the difference between you growing your business and you having time off. And the important thing to me is that you have time off. You have time away from your business because you do not work 24 seven. And I know you're thinking, oh, it's just one hour on this one day or it's not really a big deal. My clients text me and then I book them. And, you know, I really like to book them because I like to be in control. Stop right there. (laughs) Here's the deal. You have to have a barrier between you and your business it is so important that you get to have a day off where you are not being texted by a client who wants to reschedule a session from two weeks from today, but then they want a day that you don't have and you're going back and forth. It's just this once. It's not just this once. It's happening too often. And so I want you to try the 30-day trial 
of the scheduling tool that I have partnered up with. It is freaking amazing. They have over 33 features. I have a coaching video for each one of those features to let you know if it's right for your business. And every single week, anybody who's using my version of the scheduling tool gets coaching tips from me. That's right, coaching tips from me. So you are not alone in running your business and you get to feel like you have this 24-7 assistant you've always wanted. Plus, they have an incredible support team, like literally real-life human beings who will help you transfer from whatever tool you have to theirs. And if you don't have one yet, they're still going to be able to help you. Do not be scared of the tech. I promise you, your phone is more technological than what you're going to be using for the scheduling tool. So go to Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool. Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool to get on this 30-day trial. Hey, Beat listeners. All right. I have Roxy Menzies with us today, and I am really thrilled to actually get to see her face. We DM a lot. I've been watching her journey for a long time, actually. Um, She's a bold, incredible woman. She actually approached me many years ago when I was a baby blogger just trying to (laughs) get my words out there. And her blog post for Traveling Instructors is still one of our top blogs on our site. And I got to follow her from her life in in Turkey into Canada and then being a mom. And now she is this really, I mean, she's always been writing, but she has made it as a writer and is doing some incredible things. So Roxy, how you doing? Here, hey. thanks, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, what an intro. Thank you. <laughs> I'm being until I see it in my next life. I'll be like an edification person. I'll be that announcer at the stage. <laughs> And that next we have, um, Roxy, can you tell everyone, um, who you are, where you're at, what what you're rocking right now? What are you up to? All right. So basically I am a teacher of Pilates, gyrotonic and Yamana body rolling. I come from a background of dance. Um, I've been traveling around the world, teaching, presenting, performing and all of that. And I'm back in my hometown of Toronto, Canada, and I'm also a freelance writer and a storyteller mostly for the writing is mostly within the realm of health and health and wellness for now. And I'm a mom of a rambunctious toddler. (laughs) She's, is she one, two? No, she's, she'll be two and a half in July. Oh my gosh. She's almost reaching that independent stage. So I've been told, (laughs) but I have to be honest, I'm happy that she's, she's quite energetic. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'd want a kid that's just like, you know, like <laughs> no energy and not doing anything. So, so yeah, that's, that's so funny. Good. She's my ride or die. I, she is amazing. She's so beautiful and, and she's so smart. And I love, I love all the videos with her. Um, I met a woman yesterday who she's a school teacher and, and, um, she has two boys. And, and so, um, the doctor said, you know, your second son, he's, a, he's an orchid. He's just an orchid. You should be really, you just have to be really precious with him. And she's like, I understand. I am a school teacher. <laughs> she's like, I know what that means. So um, as you mentioned, you write for health and wellness right now. And I think a lot of people probably wonder, like, they, I think a lot of people want to write. I think they think they're going to write a book someday, or maybe they'll write a story someday. What made you start writing? What, have you been writing your whole life? What, what got you into it? Oh, good question. I feel like I've always been writing. I've always loved stories, whether it's you know, oral stories. I mean, my mom's a great ghost storyteller. Um, but yeah, I love stories. I've loved reading. And, you know, I was, I was very much into creative writing from a young child, um, but I never pursued it. So, so I just did little bits here and there. And then after high school, not so much. And then kind of sprinkled it in throughout the years with, you know, not so much blog posts, but 
there were print editions of, you know, community-based companies and programs. And I just do one off here or there. And then, but I always wanted to do it more. I would probably say in the last six to eight years, it was, it was a goal of mine to be doing more writing, whether it was, you know, eventually a book of some sort um, and just articles in general. For me, it's also therapeutic. I get a lot of things out of my brain and and emotionally off of my chest (laughs) from writing. Yeah. But yeah, I would say it's kind of always been there, but um, I've been growing with it and I sort of, and how it became another income stream wasn't so much on, on purpose. I kind of fell into it. I just wanted to write and get my voice out there thinking that it would come back to, to, you know, my website and what I was doing. Then it became, it became something else. And from there I can see other pathways growing. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you mentioned that it wasn't necessarily the thought to do it as a living. It was more like it was just in you to do it. And I do think a lot of people might feel like, oh, if I'm not going to write for people to pay me, maybe I like, what's the point? But I, I love that you point out it's, it's therapeutic. There is something I do morning pages and it's, it's therapy. <laughs> it's like, what's on my mind right now? Um, and it's not for anyone else to read. And then writing for things for people to read is, is for me, I don't know about for you. It's like, this is something I feel like needs to, is the question I'm hearing and I need the answer to be out there. And so I, I wonder though, you, as you mentioned, you weren't like writing forever. So it's like, you took a pause and then you were like, I really want to start doing this more as it became an income stream. Was there anything that was like, key, like holding you back? Or were you just like, now, like, there's no stopping me now. Like, was there any, you know, things you were kind of weighing and like, uh, is there imposter syndrome around there? Cause as you start to get in the world of writing, like, do you start to wonder about writing for other publications? What's the process that you go through as you're trying to get your work out there? Oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure I had imposter syndrome. I still do at times because something that's come up a lot is people will say, oh, my grammar and all that. And I am terrible with grammar. So that's something that I always felt, you know, could hold me back or I'm not as good of a writer because of, you know, these grammatical things. I don't have a journalism degree, you know, things like that. But things just kept coming up. And I also remember reading, I have a writing mentor now, actually, and Mm -hmm. I read something that she had written something along the lines of writers don't have to worry about grammar. That's what editors are for. Like you as a writer, you are meant to express yourself and creatively get whatever story needs to be out there. And that really hit home. And that was almost like a huge relief for me. And the same with some of the editors I've had there, they say, don't worry about that. You know, that's my job. I take care of that. That is so cool. And I guess it's not too, too bad, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Cause yeah. I hear some horror stories about some editors out there, but so far I've, I've been pretty lucky. Yeah. I think, um, I love that you heard that. And I love that you say that because I do think that whole table back, a lot of people think they're not a writer or they think their grammar isn't good enough. And, um, same, it's not for me either. I'm like, I feel like I, how did I miss, did I miss years of classes? Like I, <laughs> where did I, know, I get like through? some people they talk about these you know grammatical things so I'm like I have no idea what they're talking oh, about <laughs> I, when I was doing my flashcards the matte flashcards I had um uh one of the agency members um who I know is like 
she's like us, like she's the person who's like, um, you missed the, it's, it's like PDT, not PST. And it's like, what is the difference? Is there a difference? Like, you know, like, does it matter? Um, we all know what's going on. Right. Anyways, so I was like, Hey, can you read these? And she's like, um, do you guys want to have an Oxford comma or are you guys not Oxford comma people? And I was like, what is an Oxford comma? So then I like look up Oxford commas and then I was like, oh my God, it was a massive lawsuit. Put the Oxford comma in because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> yeah. And, and those are funny things that come up. I mean, that's something that, I mean, if we talk about it later in the writing course for profitable Pilates, um, I talk about that and usually every publication will give you a guide to how their style is. And it will mm-hmm. say in there, like some will say, we don't use the Oxford comma. Some will say, you know, we do, we don't. And, and, you know, other guidelines, like how many sources you can have and, and they kind of guide you in that sense as well. That's so cool. That's so great. I mean, I think yeah. there's the fear of the unknown, right? And also maybe even the fear of what, what happens if it works out, like what happens if you all of a sudden start to write and then, you know, what does that look like? What is, so you weren't, writing as an income stream, you were teaching dance and teaching Yamana and Pilates. And now do you only write or is that the main focus right now? Or did your career just completely shift? Um, it kind of felt like it did for a while because I did stop teaching. I mean, I, I would say probably from summer of 2019, I really started downsizing on the teaching because we were moving abroad and I was pregnant and there was so much to do with that. Like, my my husband is not Canadian, so we had to get his papers and and you know and that's a me process. back into the country full time. Yeah, so there was so much, and then of course we know the pandemic hit. Um, so a lot of things shifted, and then I think by August of 2020, I I stopped teaching completely because I, I couldn't manage all of it. I didn't have the energy, and I didn't feel like I could give clients or you know group classes enough at that point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like I was being pulled in too many directions. Well, and also like, gosh, I mean, back then you had an, a newborn, right? You had a newborn. You were back in a country you hadn't lived in permanently for a while. You're trying to get your husband set up. There's a pandemic. It's a little hard to be teaching someone on Zoom when there's a baby crying in the background. Like Definitely. I can, I think a lot of people listening are probably going, oh my God, her too. Like they probably don't feel as alone because that, especially that first six months to a year, depending on when you were lived and what your kids' ages were, it really did probably feel like for a lot of people, they had to pull back or, or, or understand that you can only have so many priorities. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think some of the stats have come out, um, in regards to how many women left the workforce. Yeah. So many, you know, and they're just slowly coming back into it. Um, but it was actually good. It was, it was a break. And I just started getting back into teaching, I would say February of this year. Yeah. So, I, and that also is very minimal how much I'm teaching. Cause again, I have to balance everything out. Um, jazz, my toddler, she is only going to daycare part-time Yeah, and I'm still trying to do some other things <laughs> and still write. So I have to, I have to watch how much teaching I take on. Um, but it feels great. Like having that break was, was amazing. And I feel like I've, I've come back and I'm exploring possibly a new way of teaching just because, you know, I do feel different in many ways, like physically, emotionally, you just grow. Yeah. Well, I think whether or not you had a kid the last two years, it's pretty hard to be, I feel like it'd be really hard to have been the same person that I was 
before the pandemic, you know, a lot of time spent with myself. (laughs) You're like, um, why do we do this? How are we doing this? Um, I love that you are talking about that balance though, because I do think a lot of moms particularly, but parents in general, there's a balance there, right? It's like, how much can you do of one thing while also spending time with your child? And is that a difficult conversation for you to have? Or are you, is is it easier now that it's been two and a half years with her? Is it? Uh, No, (laughs) I can tell you this. It is constantly changing. I feel like it's constantly changing because I don't know. I, I've read, I, I always used to think there was a way to find a balance. And, and lately I'm questioning that <laughs> maybe, maybe there isn't. And, and really some things have to be like, I learned this from you parking ideas mm-hmm. and, and parking things for now and coming back to it later. And, and I've really recognized that there really are phases in our life. And there are times where you have to put a focus on, on certain things and other things have to be by the wayside. Yeah. And then it'll change again. You know, as they say, like the seasons change. Yeah. So, so I think that's it. I'm still striving for a balance. Like the, the next thing for me is going to be like really self-care. Like when she, like, I know she's going into date, uh, daycare full-time in the fall. And I already know that I'm not going to be taking on too much because it's going to be me time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be taking care of me. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You know, first of all, I, I used to listen to lots of podcasts about balance and I heard people call it the work-life blend. And then they are like, no, it's the life-work balance because that's more alphabetical and we should have life before work anyways. And then my, but I constantly think about my yoga teacher who would teach these balance workshops. And he said, balance is actually just controlling. Like it's like basically the space between falling. So when you are balanced, like in a handstand, you are working on not falling either backwards or forwards. It's right. not like you're just up there and it's like chill beans. Like yeah, it's work. Got the balance. No. <laughs> Nailed no. it. <laughs> Where's my you're gold con- It's constantly, you know, like you're moving around, mm-hmm. faltering, figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. Like your, um, your fingertips are taking more weight than the heel of your hands. You're, you're contracting more muscles. And so I have stopped thinking that balance is easy. And nor is it like something that is sustainable because, you know, eventually there's going to be something that tips the balance in one direction or the other. And it doesn't mean that like, I'm not looking to have balance of some kind, but I think it's like for me, and and I love what you're saying for you, there is a season, you have a self-care season ahead for you, you know, and that hopefully will stay (laughs) forever for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me know how that goes. But I, and it's like, there are going to be seasons like where you can actually, for people listening, like you can work more towards whatever your work goal is because maybe the kids, maybe your kid is in school or maybe you have an extra time or you just have a flow. You know, Kareen Walsh um, did an episode like, it's okay for you to hustle. It's just that when your hustle becomes a hassle, right? When people are like yeah. grinding it out. And so thank you for sharing that because I- right. And I, that's a season too, right? Yeah. Because, and that's the thing, you know, I feel like we get so many conflicting bits of information, right? Cause, cause you'll get the, you know what life shouldn't be about the grind. And then we get, you know, we get the other one that's like, yo, I'm hustling and I'm making it. And there are going to be times in your life. Like she said, like you have to hustle and you just know that, okay, for this, whatever, 10 weeks, it's going to be tight. This is going to be, I'm not going to be able to do this as much. And I'm going to have to focus on this, but it can't, it's not sustainable. Like you said, so it can't go on and on and on. It has to change. And that even goes back to what you were just saying about the balance, right? Yeah. So, 
So it's really interesting, but I want to share something. With tell you. me, tell me. I love it. I love it. We're on the be it till you see it. Well, there's two things I want to share with you. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting on the couch and I was just thinking, and I was like, oh, I know what my next be it till you see it is going to be. <laughs> I'm so excited. What is it? <laughs> because I, I've been feeling very, uh, speaking of balance, just a bit all over the place and the house is messy and I don't feel like our routines are set with, with the toddler. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the organized mom until I see it. So that is the thing that I am working on. And I've tried to have an image of who, you know, like to have a, mm-hmm. like a role model. And yeah. it's so funny because the things that keep popping in my head, you want to talk about things that are ingrained in you from society is that sort of not maybe like Stepford wife, but like the homemaker like 50s with the apron and that's not the image that I want so I'm like who is the mom role model and just today I went Michelle Obama (gasps) yes that is that is the be it till you see a mom role model that I'm going for oh yes and um because she definitely to me represents organized mama like she really and she had clear boundaries and she all like she wasn't because I when I think of like the Stepford wife person it's like they're doing everything for everybody. And she was like, um, no, Mr. Obama, president, you will have dinner with us. And actually, yeah. <laughs> exactly, you're going to have to rework your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, I love this. I'm trying to think of the book because there is one and I can't think of the name, but it will come to me and I will send it to you. It's about a guy who talks about how we do have these different roles that we can play. And he talks about how um, even Martin Luther King, he brings him up. So he puts the glasses on when he would write. And it was kind of like his Superman kind of like glasses thing, but it, cause he didn't need them. Yeah. <laughs> to write. We used to talk about that back in the day when I was dancing, you know, we used to say, cause uh, I was in this, um, we were like the first all female hip hop group in Toronto. And I remember a friend of mine saying one time, like, you know, how you dress is going to affect how you dance and the attitude, you know? So, so we were doing like, you know, really grounded, gritty hip hop dancing. And and she was like, you know, you can't come in with your ballet tights and leotards. Like you're not going to have that same, no. you know, feeling. So I, so I get that when you say about the role or even sometimes, you know, especially like, you know, this whole work from home phenomenon that's gone on and, and people are like, well, you know what, you still wake up and you still put something on, Yeah, you know, yeah. or people just put on their lipstick and, and yeah. get to work. Cause that signifies that change. Yeah. I change my clothes. I've been changing my clothes after I try if I'm like today I'm filming. So I'm completely in workout gear for this podcast, but typically I will change out of workout clothes into real clothes so that I'm like real close. It's like, they're all closed, but they're like yeah. <laughs> clothes people. <laughs> I, get, wear to, I get what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. then I'm like, Oh, so when I go, I show up differently. I show up for like, I'm, I'm here to work. And then when the work day is over, I'll change into like the clothes and walk the dogs. And like, I put those different things on, um, Amy Ledeen, who I think you remember her from, she did the DACs. Remember her? Um, she yes. came into agency. Wait, she's the one with the, um, cards or the four yes. things. Yes. 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 So she actually has, um, different, uh, names for different things. She has her health person and she has a name for them. And she had her religious person, which was actually called I want to say her name was Jane Maxwell after like a famous female minister and famous male minister. And like she put the names together. She ended up meeting John Maxwell. 
<laughs> because of Doesn't this. Doesn't that get confusing when you have too many though? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I she would had get, a couple. I would she get had, confused and overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I think, um, I really love going back to your, like how it's like, what would Michelle Obama as an organized mama do like right here? And that has been what helped me. That's why this podcast exists. It's what helped me be a CEO of my company when I'm like, I don't know how you grow a company. Like I know how to get clients. I don't know how to like scale a company. I don't know how to hire all these different team members. I've never thought about a corporate structure, all these things. And so I was like, okay, well, who do I need to be? Like, who is a female founder who I, who like does this? Like, what would she do if she was? Well, in that this- was a, yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's, it was the same with writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do a blog for someone. Do I have to do the, choose the pictures? Do I have to actually go into your website and put it in? Do I just send you the doc? Like there was a huge learning curve. And yeah. now I'm in this writing mentorship for a year with this amazing cohort of women writers. And most of them are, they're all writers or publishers, or they have their own publishing house. And there's so much information again, so much stuff. I don't know. Like about the contracts or, you know, um, if you want to self-publish, how do you do that? Uh, what to look for in contracts, like the whole thing about the publishing industry, you know, there's so much there. And if you, if you don't know where to start, you're, you know, you're swimming in uncharted waters, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so one, it helps. Yeah. I mean, you go for it and you, and you find, you start researching, but then also it's like, you also need other people in your court. You, yeah. you, you have to find the support or they find you. And I think that happens when, like you said, when you be it till you see it, like if you're, when you're solid in that and you put out what you want, things will start coming to you. I agree. That support that. I agree. I think like, A, you can put yourself in the rooms. Like you put yourself also in a writing group. You were writing before this group, but have you it found- fell into my lap actually. And that's because you were already out there writing. Like it probably right. wouldn't have fallen into your lap if you were just- hanging out, wanting to no, be a writer. Not at all. And, and to be honest, I, I mean, I say that it kind of fell into my lap, but there are very few things that have like, cause some people will look at the amount of writing I've done and just be like, wow, like, how did you do that? And it's so much. And I go, listen, I am a person I have had to almost push for everything. I, I do the following up. I check in. I mean, I was in touch with Pilates anytime from the first time talking to them about, about writing, it was a full year till something was actually published under them. Thank you, you know, for saying things, that. Things take time. And, and it doesn't mean that. I was at it every single day because I had other things going on, you know, yeah. but you know, a couple months later and I was just like, Hey, you know, checking in, Hey, what about writing for you? And da, da, da. I've done that with so many things. That balance body blog, the conception of that was a year ago until it actually came out. And that was like finding the right place for it to be published. So, so I don't want anybody to think that, that there isn't work involved. There really is. Yeah, there is. And it's like you said, it's the preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. 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 And you put things out there, but sometimes it does take time. Oh, thank you for sharing this, these, both those stories, because it is true. I think people go, Oh, how did Roxy get it? She must've just asked and then she got it. Nope. There's like waiting for crickets. I have to had to follow up with certain companies seven times. Like, Hey, just falling back up on this, getting back on the top of the thing. Like, and you know, also we talked about this before we hit record. 
but I had told Roxy, I'm so excited. I'm really excited. I had asked someone to be on this podcast and they didn't respond. And I actually didn't even realize that they didn't respond until I went to ask him again. <laughs> but I thought I was asking, <laughs> I thought I was asking, but I, I guess I had, I had had her on my like dream list from when I was launching. And just so you all know, when you're launching a podcast, the big names don't want to be on you unless you're a big name already. Cause why yeah. there's no audience to take from, there's no audience to glean from. So you have to kind of earn your way to a place where you can get these people to like pay attention to you. That's why hello, AKA reviews matter people. So <laughs> their publicist is looking. So, um, so anyways, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask her again. We're headed over a hundred episodes. I'm going to ask her. And so I send the DM. And then I, after I hit send, I saw, I saw that we'd asked her the first time and she didn't respond. And I was like, oh my God, maybe I should take it down. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to leave it up. And you know what? She responded with a yes. That was a year long. Yes. I waited for, and you have to follow up. I mean, I think a lot yeah. of people think that if somebody doesn't respond or says, no, it's never. And it's like, you just don't know when they, when what you have to say aligns with what they have going on. Yeah, definitely. There's so many different things. And sometimes messages, emails, they just fall through the cracks. Oh, I'm notorious for deleting emails. Hey, oh, right. I forgot about that. I mean, people have so much going on as well. I mean, it even relates to business. I mean, I don't know how many, how many sales points are there now? Like you have to, Oh, it was, I read it. I heard it the other day. It's over 20 now, girl, it's over 20. So what she means by that is (laughs) pre pandemic was seven to 17 touch points before somebody would click. Doesn't mean they buy. It means they click and they know this from ads. It's like, how many times does someone have to see an ad before they click on it? Seven to 17. It is over 20 now. It is in, there's just so much going on and it's so easy for someone to open up an email, their kid to tug on their shirt, they spill their coffee, then they didn't even read the email, then they go to open their email, it's gone, it's already unread. So worth the following up, worth the following up. Um, Okay, let's talk really quick because um, I am obsessed with your approach to things and um, I've been in awe and read, I've read every blog that has ever been shared by you to me um, and I love your words and I, I'm all, I always find myself going, yes, yes. So, um, I, I can't remember ever. (laughs) Oh, I, I'm like, I'm like, yes. Well, especially we'll put the link to the, the recent core article you wrote, um, because I'm a, I really am obsessed with it. I think part two is out today actually. Oh, great. So then we speak, it's being, it's being put up. Great. Cause then when this, um, airs, we'll have both links in it. That's amazing. So I don't, I think it was, I'll, I, we had talked about you doing a course a lot for a while and there was like, you know, it was, it was not a no, but it was like, okay, I'll think about it. And I was like, (laughs) (sighs) I thought the best things have happened. I mean, this studio I'm working at downtown, it was the same thing. Um, this girl I used to dance with, she sent me a DM and she said, are you ready to start teaching? This was back in late November, early December. And I, I mean, talk about snob. I was kind of like, I don't know. Look, I'll check it out. (laughs) And then it was the weirdest onboarding process. And I love this play. Like it it feels like home. And my husband, my husband said, he goes, you never say that about any place in studio. So it's, yeah, I mean, things can kind of pop up. And I remember when you, you mentioned that to me and I think jazz was really small at the time. Yeah. I don't even think she was quite yet a year. And I was kind of like, yeah, maybe blah, blah, blah. But you planted the seed. That's the point. Yeah. And then things, I started thinking about, oh, well, what could that be? That would be interesting. And then I was getting all these questions in regards to writing. So I was like, oh, this could be something interesting. 
And then it kind of grew from there. But yeah, yeah that, I mean, that also took time, right? Took time. It took a long time. I think it was almost a year as well. And so y'all, we'll put it in the notes, but if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, I wanted to write. Oh, that's, I thought about that. Roxy actually created a course for Profitable Pilates, which is our fitness business coaching company. And it is, I have to say, like, first of all, I think it puts my courses to shame. It is so thorough. It is so robust. It is incredible how helpful and supportive it is for people who are wanting to write. You really thought of a lot of things Aww. that I didn't even think you would include, like even think to ask you to include. And I'm really grateful because it's so funny on the last day we did a promo for it, everyone, um, just as like a launch promo and it's a very affordable course, so you can just go get it. But on the last day of that promo, Pilates nerd had writ had been a post. Did you see this comic post? Oh, it, it was like a guy who looks like he probably has never worked out, just like hanging out in a chair and he's like like all tired. And he's like, oh, I'm writing a, a wellness article, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, and the whole idea was like, we need people who are in the wellness to write wellness articles. And that's why your course exists, because so many of us get upset by the the, the articles we see, you know, in case in point, somebody texted me last week, like, what's this? And I was like, why don't you just contact the writer and of the, at the newspaper and say, hey, have you ever thought about interviewing someone who actually teaches? <laughs> like, right. you know, the articles that are out there are from the people who pitch them. They can't publish articles that don't exist and aren't being pitched to them. And so I really oh. am grateful for the course that you have because it educates you people. You are how to do it. so right about that because since, since this, I've joined a couple of um, like freelance writing groups and I've seen job opportunities come up. I mean, in things that, I mean, in all kinds of subjects and, and there are writers out there. I mean, they, they have no experience in it, nothing. And they're just like, Oh, I can write about that. There was one that really bothered me because, because she was specifically looking for diversity and inclusion, um, paper and writing. And that should literally be people that are, <laughs> yeah. that are experienced and, um, and, and know about that work and yeah. all kinds of people from the woodworks like, Oh, I can write it. I can write it. Cause they're just looking for writing gigs. So they just figure they can research whatever. Yeah. And, and it can come up. Yeah. And you know, that's the difference I see. I, I mean, I can read an article and know like this person has never done it before. They don't know. Like I can, but yeah. because I am in the wellness industry or the business industry, but people who are not are going to read that article and they're going to go, oh, that's a, that's the yoga and Pilates. The difference is breathing. And it's like, ah, <laughs> it's a little bit more complex than that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, y'all are actually writing something about gyrotonic and that's taken a lot. I've been pushing for that for a while because I'm like, hey, you know, everybody knows about Pilates and yoga. Let's try and cover some other modalities as well. Yeah. That's finally coming. So again, that's I pushed for that, kept reminding Hey. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like the common theme is following up and patience. Um, so, <laughs> yes. so were you always, just because I'm curious now, um, were you always a patient person or did you learn that through this career that you've created? Or is it in the last two years? I wouldn't use the word patient. I would not use the word patient. Okay. And I'm sure my husband would be like, she is not patient at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're persistent I then. Uh, yeah. Persistent would be a better word. Okay. Um, I mean, there are some things I just, like you feel called to do. Yeah. You know, like, like even with this one that came out with Balanced Body, I pitched it to another big Pilates place 
and it, it didn't go like, like myself and the editor were just on very different trajectories. So then I, I was able to, like, I checked in with people. And I was like, anybody connected to Balanced Body? I think that would be a great company to, to get this piece out with. And, and yeah, and it took some time to get through the channels and get in and pitch this idea. And then they were like, oh, we love it. We think it would be great actually. And for it to go. So it's really, yeah, I, I would say I'm more driven and persistent yeah. than anything else. I mean, there, there obviously for some things, there comes a point where, <laughs> you know, you, you have to stop or whatnot. Um, and you just you know, know that like by I feeling. I don't call them every single day and, yeah. or, or anything like that, but I, I, I will, I will ask. I, I think if you don't ask, it won't happen. Mm. You have to be willing to ask. Brilliant. And, and put yourself out there. And so then, um, people are going to want to know how about the rejection? Like how often does that happen? How does it hurt? Do you just move on to the next thing? Cause it's part of the gig. Like, I mean, if rejection is well, part of happens, life. And- it happens all the time. And also, you know, I'm also coming from being a dancer. So I mean, yeah, you you're used to being rejection. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how they indoctrinate you is with rejection. <laughs> and that, cause I'm in a group with a girl who's a dancer. She's like rejection. She's like, you get rejected for being you. That's like, it's like, oh, at least with totally. your writing, you can go, well, it's a blog post. It's not actually me. But like with dancing, it's like, mm, I don't like that yeah, your hair you're is too on tall. The you're the, <laughs> this, you're that. Yeah. So rejection, but does it hurt? Of course it does. It's still, sometimes it'll sting and it, it depends. I think on, on so many different factors, like what else is going on? Like, you know, mm-hmm. have I been sleeping enough? Am I sort of grounded? Am I, you know, cause if you're in a, in a pretty decent place, you can handle rejection a lot better. But I'm also somebody who I will feel the feels. I will give my ego a moment to have its little temper tantrum, not in public, <laughs> you know, like off the side privately, or I, I talk to a friend and I'm just like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. I have that moment and then I move on. Yeah. You know? I think that is, I think, I don't think enough people allow themselves to feel the feels like, and I think that you you have to, because all the studies I've been like, you know, there's the body keeps the score. There's a book called burnout, like keeping all of that inside and just acting like it doesn't bother you is also the opposite. And, um, you know, I am, I'm, I'm hoping to get this person someday on who wrote the book on rejection on the pod, because fear of rejection is real, but also something he said is like, you will be rejected more times in life than you will not. Like, it's just part of life. You like That's it's true. it's impossible for you to be rejected less than not because there's just only so much time in the day for you to do things. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. It's true. And and then you can usually, I don't know, like once I pass the little ego part, there's usually the moment where you can find the positive in it or or sometimes it's really a blessing in disguise. Right. Like there have been things where something didn't work out and it bummed me out or, or, you know, or somebody ghosted me about a possible job. And I was like, what happened? Like, I still don't understand. And it was a blessing. Cause I thought if I did work with that person, it would have been a nightmare. Right. You know? So sometimes you have to, you have to trust in how, and how some things end up. There's always going to be other doors that, that open you, you, but you still have to keep putting yourself out there and, and being driven and, when I was, when I first came back here in 2019, I was pregnant and I was just like, I'm going to audition for every pregnant thing out there, you know, before I give birth, thinking that there would be a ton of jobs. There was literally, cause I didn't have an agent. There was literally like three pregnant jobs that came up in the span of four months. And I booked the last one and 
it was just nuts. And again, you, you wouldn't get it and you, you know, you feel rejected, but I remember listening to, I, I don't know, it was some podcast about this actress and she had said, and she's pretty well known. She's not like, um, like, you know, A-list. one of the Avengers yeah. like known, but she's like a, a really well-known actress. I can't remember her name right now, but she had said that when she started, um, auditioning her grandmother who did acting had said to her that it takes 60 auditions before you book one. Wow. Yeah. So she, so she literally kept score and even her agent was like, how are you still here? <laughs> like all these other actors and actresses have given yeah. up by now. And she goes, cause my grandma told me it would take 60. And I think she said it was in the fifties, like audition that she finally booked this, this role that jump started her career. Yeah. I think the theme and it'll be in the recap is like persistence. This is a person like that is the key to anything because also it goes with like Seth Godin's the dip, right? In every career, there is a dip where like a bunch of people bow out, they quit, they get out of the game. If you can get through that, you get to the other side and there's very few people. And so for her, by her 50th audition, there's very few people who've kept going. And so now she's auditioning against a few people with experience in auditioning <laughs> that are good enough to get it, you know? And I think um, Brad has his like 200 rejections. He's like really like, he doesn't mind a rejection because he's like, okay, that's one down. That's one down. He's got to go. F- right. He's like, you can- <laughs> Keeping a tally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like if we can, maybe the moral for everyone is like, maybe you have to get 60 rejections before you get one. But like, so yeah. count them and go, okay, that's, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. I you would know? always say too, though, I mean, have other things going on as well. Like I'm somebody who was never put all your eggs in one basket. My problem would be, I probably have too many baskets. I'm working <laughs> on like narrowing down the baskets. You, you know, know, I understand that. I had to narrow, <laughs> I had a whole team that's like, you have to narrow down your baskets and here is an ideas parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I'm very grateful. Like I'm very grateful for those things because they have allowed me to do what I'm doing now. Roxy, you are just amazing. Y'all, we're going to come back in just a second, but uh, Roxy's course is available on Profitable Pilates. We'll put the link below. When you buy that course, not only do we pay our course contributor, you also, um, we donate a percentage of every sale to the Cupcake Girls organization, which is actually helping stop human trafficking and also allow sex workers to have rights. So I'm really excited about what they are doing. They're incredible. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Hey, be it listeners. Well, it's back. It's actually back by massive popular demand. Um, in March, we ran the full body in 15 week long program It is a week long program that helps you do a full body workout in 15 minutes and just really help jumpstart your consistency in your fitness and your workouts at home. I'm really excited to bring it back because we had over 2,100 people sign up last time. So here's the deal. The registration has not opened yet. If you are listening to this, you are listening to it because it is on a wait list. You're going to want to be on the wait list because we'd like to reward our wait listers with some sort of gift at the end. So go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash be it one five. That's onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-1-5 to get on the wait list for our upcoming Full Body in 15 program, which will kick off in July. All right, Roxy, where can people find you? Uh, where can they read your writing, stalk you, hire you for work? What's going on? All right, all right. Well, you can start with my website, which is my name, roxymenzies.com. I have my full writing portfolio on there. And it's uh, as everyone knows, a website is a work in progress. So it's constantly being like updated and adding things in. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Roxy Spiral. 
and it's R O X Y. I yeah. can't stand that R O X I E. It's R O X Y. And please check out Wednesdays because I do um, writing tip Wednesdays. I love your writing tip Wednesdays. I'm so glad you started that. And it's, I mean, you've been doing it for several weeks. And by the time this comes out, it'll be, you know, probably a couple months, but it's, I am reminded of something. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's great. Like, I love it. So it's sometimes it's a confidence builder. Sometimes it's a lightning and you're just wonderful and generous. And I'm too, my goodness. Thank you. Um, We try, we're trying every day. Like, how do we help more people uh, just be successful in what they want to do? Before I let you go, you must, um, I know we've talked a lot about things, but just to wrap it up in case people do the TDLR, whatever, (laughs) TLDR, too long, didn't read, and they just whipped to the end. Be it actionized, bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? It's going to be a real shocker. Mm -hmm. Write it down. (gasps) Right? I mean, there are studies out there that show once you write something down, it has a higher chance of. Um, being achieved. Mm-hmm. Plus it creates more bandwidth in your, in your head. So that would be my number one thing, whatever it is that you want to be or whatever your dreams or goals, write it down and keep it somewhere. You know, for everyone, it'll be different. If you're, if you're a visual person, you need to see it. Mm-hmm. That would be the one thing I would say. And of course it's coming from <laughs> a writing perspective. Yeah. And other than that, um, I would say just getting really clear on your why and your what, like, what is it that you really want and why do you want it and be, and know that it can change and it will change and allow it to change periodically. Yeah. Yes. That's the, and allow it to change is so key. Uh, Roxy, you are a wonderful person. I know I said that, but I'm going to say it again before I wrap this up, y'all please check her out, follow her on Instagram. How are you going to use these tips in your life? Screenshots this episode. Tag Roxy Spiral, tag the Be It Pod with your favorite takeaways. Do yourself a favor. If you have a friend who you're like, oh my gosh, they need to hear this, text it to them. You know, um, a lot of things in my life have changed because someone sent me a podcast and it was like, oh, that's exactly what I need to hear today. And you don't, you know, we often think we have to buy people gifts or do things like this or sit down and have a conversation. You could just send them a podcast episode and rate and review the podcast so more people hear about it. Until next time, be it till you see it. episode of the be it till you see it podcast one thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast also make sure to introduce yourself over at the be it pod on instagram i would love to know more about you share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it help us and others be it till you see it have an awesome day Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals. 
which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.